Hello and welcome to The Scaling Edge. This is the internet talk program that focuses on the hard-won lessons by battle-hardened entrepreneurs. We have Tom here going to share a couple pieces of knowledge. Forgot to mention, Dan Reyes is in the chair. Hey, hey, what's up? Good to be here. And Max. Always. Always. Tom is a uh, performance coach. So if you've watched Billions and uh, you see people breaking down, he, he takes little wads of cookie dough and makes them carved out of wood. He reshapes uh, broken entrepreneurs. He's been an entrepreneur his entire life. Tom, thank you for being a part of our program. We appreciate it. Thank you for being on the Scaling Edge. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here? I am I am honored to be here. I feel uh, humbled by having multiple people. So this is this is fantastic. It's been a lot of fun. I'm a lifelong entrepreneur. This is kind of all I've ever done and all I've ever known. Two things really shaped that. One was. I started selling stuff online when I was a teenager. It was uh, on eBay. It was completely illegal. It was uh, taking episodes of Saved by the Bell, repackaging them by putting them in order and stripping out the commercials and selling them as a box set. And so I did that for a few years and then I got a, a cease and desist from the studio and I stopped and that was the end of it. But it was a great business because my grandfather bought me all the tapes and my mom paid for the shipping. So I had zero overhead and uh, uh, I, I a regular sold a crime of those family there. <laughs> exactly. I, Zach Morris crime family. <laughs> I know. I, it's, it's like an episode of Save on the Bell, right? So, yeah, so I was doing that, but I just loved the ability to make money and, and do it for myself. And then I had uh, I had two mentors, just adult men that I was very close to that both were entrepreneurs and really, really good guys, really good fathers and really good husbands and had successful businesses. And I just decided at a young age that I want to be like that when I grow up. So I, I just, everything I did in college and, you know, after I graduated was all geared around, okay, how do I make money for myself? That, so how did you find a way to make money for yourself? Aside from Saved by so, the Bill. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't do that forever. And it probably wasn't a good long-term strategy to, to sell other people's content illegally. But what I what I did was I was heavily involved in a bunch of student leadership stuff in college. And so, you know, we'd bring in speakers and they'd get on stage and they'd talk for an hour. And some were really, really good and, and some weren't. But um, there were a few of them that I, I thought were excellent. And I was really interested and I learned from and I took a bunch of notes. And at one point I was at a student leadership conference and I thought, man, I, I want to be that guy when I graduate. And that's what I decided to do. And so I wrote a book and I started speaking on college campuses, but I didn't approach it from the sense of, oh, I'm Tom and I'm so smart and successful. It wasn't that at all. It was, hey, I'm like a few years older than you and I've been in the trenches and I made a bunch of mistakes and I learned from them and I did some things well, but let me share my experiences with you. But more importantly, let me share what other people say is super important to do in your 20s and will profile successful people. And what did Jeff Bezos do to take a big risk and start Amazon when he could have just stayed at his job forever? And so it was just a lot of that. So it was really aggregating content and sharing it versus, you know, me trying to pretend to be some know-it-all guru or anything like that. But I hit the college speaking circuit, uh, had my book, companies started asking me, they, they started saying, hey, we've got all these young people and we don't know what to do with them. How do we find the right ones? How do we keep them? How do we manage and compensate them? So that led to some consulting and some other stuff, but I got super busy doing a bunch of speaking 
and consulting and over 125 nights of business travel and just kind of said, time out, I, I can't do this forever. So a lot of that work I was doing became an online education company that's still in existence and provides coursework to over 100 college campuses across the country. We try to take the approach that we're not talking to most of the people listening aren't going to be Jeff Bezos, right? Where they're more like us. Right. But you can still be a Titan in your own space. Sure. We're not trying to build that type of thing. And maybe that happens. Maybe it doesn't. How do you approach that? I mean, do you bring it? Do you find that everybody sees the top, top, top? Everyone wants to be in a Musk or a, a Bezos or one of those, you know, one of those players? Or is it like, how do you mold these when you get a hold of these young people? Right. How do you mold and coach them to be the best of them and not, hey, dude, you're probably not going to invent Tesla. Right. Yeah. There's like you can be really cool though, and and you can have a really good business and do something meaningful. But how do you shape them? Where do you find their heads at? Are they all, hey man, I'm gonna be a multi-billionaire, or are they like, dude, I'm gonna go build something cool? I mean, there's like there's like 10 things in that question that you just asked that I think are all great thoughts and, and and great points. And I'll try to tackle a few of them here. But yeah, I, I think I think if you're starting out saying I'm going to be Jeff Bezos, I'm going to be Elon Musk, I mean, you're probably setting yourself up to fail miserably. Meaning, and, and there's people that do that, right? But if you're like, I'm going to build a unicorn, right? I'm going to be one of these Silicon Valley darlings. And you know, I'm going to be a billionaire. You're probably not going to be. And the truth is that you could have a tiny fraction of that amount of money and still do virtually anything you'd ever want to do. So who cares? So I, I think that that's horrible. And I think in general, it's horrible to put any individual on a pedestal. But I, I think it's very dangerous to put any one person on a pedestal. So, oh, I want to be like Elon Musk or I want to build a billion dollar company like so and so. And I think that's a horrible thing to do. But I think. Flying commercial is horrible yeah. these days. I, mean, I don't know if you've been on Southwest or Spirit, dude. I, but, uh, I, 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 can, was... I can, I don't want to, I don't want to stop the ambition, right, of of winning the war, which is flying private, right? Isn't that the win? That's it. That's Outside it. that, what <laughs> else is there? Right? You say I, I could not agree. But like, you I, don't have to be Elon Musk to fly private, but it's got to be in there somewhere because it is but, the airport. By the way, is terrible yes and once, it's once you terrible. go private you don't want to go back when i go through the airport i'm always getting my privates touched i have been molested by the tsa <laughs> more than harvey weinstein <laughs> and like he is it, like i feel like i feel like i'm going getting cosby every time i go through the thing so like, they do they do the thing they, they do oh. the thing where they put they put like all their fingers down in your pants i mean they put two full hands down there dude one time I was so delirious on a flight and the guy was patting me down and he's like, Hey, you guys are, you know, guy Q of 40. And he's got an X on my boarding pass. He's like, yeah, we got to get you extra screening. You just mouth. I'm like, let's just, let's just go to it. And I swear it was like a Thai massage down there. I'm like, Whoa, brother, what are you doing? And finally I'm like, Hey man, do you, do you do this a lot? He's like, yeah, 300 a day. I'm all 300 a day. You're rubbing down the privates of 1500 people a week. That's six, 6,000 wieners. You're whacking a month, 72,000 dongs. You're slapping around a year. There's gotta be a better way to make a buck unless you're not in this for the money. And I swear, I didn't think I was going to make my flight. I had like seven people come and talk to me about that, that process. At any rate, uh, well, I, so 
you know, it, well, no, I will. Let me let me tell you that a few, a few weeks ago, something like that happened. I actually I had a little time before my flight. I, I found a quiet area of the airport. I called my wife and I'm just like, I, I have to tell you that, you know, I, I did something inappropriate in our marriage. And I, you know, I'm just, <laughs> I cheated on you. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I cheated on you. Yes. And I, 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 I didn't even. Somebody took yeah, advantage I, of me. Where were yes. you? Uh, Terminal A in Dallas? Yeah, I was, I was pop TSA pre-check. Yeah. So. One other comment I want to make on that question you asked, which is, and maybe this is a horrible way to look at things, but I don't think you can go into a business going, oh, it's going to be this size. Like, I mean, I think that that some of that just has to happen organically. And if it, you know, if it's a $10 million business, great. If it's a billion dollar business, that's fine too. But, you know, yeah, but you some can, of that's you just- can shape that with the market, right? Yeah, but you- Value is based on the market. So if you can get into a space that, and a long enough mindset- you can say, you know what? I want that. I want that. I may not be ready for it in a year, but I want something that's going to be eventually a unicorn and I can lay the foundation. But if you get into a small market, you're kind of pigeonholed. So that's why you have yeah. to be very careful what niche you jump into. Yeah. And, and in recognizing that not everything's meant to scale to that size and that's totally cool. But hey, yeah. this is kind of where this is kind of the max of where it can go. But if I take that and I get five times revenue for that, Oh, well, that's enough to not have to sit in the middle seat in Southwest ever again. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, if you get into selling 80 sunglasses online, there's probably a good margin and good market there. Right. But you're only you're, you're capped on if you're the best 80 sunglass salesman on the planet. But if you build a system and you can inject anything else in that system back to Bezos, you know, he started with books and he went when he started selling books online. Who knew that he was going to be a, a mass of the universe the way he is now? So, okay, so how do you mold and performance coach entrepreneurs into into being focused on what they can accomplish and getting them to accomplish it? I, I think for all of coaching, it really goes to the heart of what actually motivates someone. What actually do they want to do? Because we're all motivated differently. And some people it's money. Some people it's something related to their family. Sometimes it's you know the, the impact that their company can have. Some people really want to employ as many people as possible or pay their people as much as possible, or they have a certain exit in mind. I want to sell my business for X amount. So I never have to, you know, do anything ever again. But I, I think that it's, I think it's really important that you get to the heart of whatever someone is motivated by, cares about, and then you help them channel that versus me trying to force someone to see the world I do the way I do or care about the things that I care about because we're all different. And even we're different in different seasons of life. So what I may have cared about 10 years ago is different than what I care about today. So can you tell us about somebody that you have performance coached, where they started and how you coach them to the next level? Because we talk to a lot of coaches, right? Um, and, and I mean, some people have never sold one save by the bell, but they're coaching other people. But like you've got some history, you've got uh, you've done the circuit, you've gotten your hands dirty working directly with young people and entrepreneurs. Who's your best case study? Who have you done the most with where you go, okay, wow, I can step back and I was a part of that person's growth? Yeah, it's that's a great question. And you know, I, I think it's important, just side note, I think it's important that for anyone that's doing coaching and mentorship that they've been there and done that. And so, you know, with our core product, Mentum, we actually have a marketplace of 75 executive coaches that 
an employee can choose from when they, you know, want coaching and their employer will pay for it. But all those people, they've been there, they've done that. They're very, very action oriented. They're kind of the opposite of what most people think of when they think of a coach. But probably my favorite success story, if you will, is someone that was poised to take over the family business. And they were going to take it over from the old man and they were being groomed to do it. And I was helping in that process of mentoring him and helping him navigate that. And ultimately, what we ended up deciding and what he ended up deciding and doing was this is a terrible fit for me. I do not have a great deal of passion for this business and what we do. It's actually a terrible alignment of my skills and natural abilities and what I enjoy spending time in. And I need to do something else. He kind wow. of unwound. Yeah. Unwound coached, him doing that. You coached him out of a miserable life. There's no way he could have been completely happy and fulfilled. There's just not because it was a terrible alignment of who he is and, and what he's good at. And the good news is, is that what we pivoted towards was being an entrepreneur, doing something that still probably it will be just as financially rewarding, if not more, but he's a hell of a lot happier. Uh, he has more flexibility and freedom. And, and, and as you know, he's doing the things that he's good at. And when you're doing the things you're good at, you have more energy, you're better at it, you're more productive, and you end up making more money in the long run. I mean, that's that's not something that I would have expected, right? But what a turn, what an important turn. I mean, what would happen to the company and all the people that work there if this person did take it over and was miserable and couldn't perform. That's why, you know, 75 to 80% of businesses that get transitioned from, you know, dad to junior, from the, you know, person that started it down to the kid fail. Because unless Where, you're at- Is that a real, is that a real yeah. number? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The third generation is like 90% fail. Yeah. You know, it's a real number. Yeah, it's it's so hard to fill. You're, you're fulfilling- your dad's dreams or your parents' dreams that built this business. That may not be your passion. That may not be your skill set. And they took it from zero to a thousand employees. You know, now you're coming in at a much bigger scale, you know, expected to succeed in that growth. There's very few that grow that business, you know, second generation. Very hard. That's eye open. Yeah. That's an earth shattering statistic. And, and and I think what makes it even more sickening is that generally speaking, the vast majority of the time, the child is being handed a profitable, strong business. It's not like, you know, these businesses are barely keeping the, the lights on. Because if they were, dad would probably say, hey, Junior, go do something else. You don't want anything to, to do with this. They're handing them these businesses that, you know, are generating millions of revenue and have clients and have stability and have a place in the market. And then Junior's running them into the ground. Because they, of everything that you said. Yeah, they grew up not suffering, not knowing how to run, you know, a tight payroll, not knowing how to be the, you know, run operations. You know, they grew up with an easier life. So to expect that same child to do what the parent did is just, it's hard. Very, very hard. And that's what a, fail. What a great way to ruin your kid's life. Yeah. Give them something that's working that they haven't earned for. I mean, isn't that throughout history, though? Like Marcus Aurelius was the great one of the greatest emperors Rome ever had. And then like yeah. Joaquin Phoenix played a prick that was his son <laughs> in uh, Gladiator. Yeah, Gladiator. Like, amazing movie. Amazing movie, but a yeah. true story. I mean, this guy's stoic philosophy ran everything beautifully and then transferred power 
So power, I guess, transferred is not necessarily power earned. And it's very dangerous. Me, thing. I was going to say, let me tell you one more scary thing, too. The, uh, the, the person that started that company that passed it on to their kid, what do you think all their retirement's tied up in? It's the value of the company. So I hand, I hand it off to Junior and I say, hey, please, please don't screw this up because this is my retirement. And then they do screw it up. So you have to jump back in the business or you have to cut your lifestyle because you were counting on that money. And instead of just going out and selling the business, you transitioned it. So you probably didn't get paid 100% up front. The deal structure was based on future cash flow of the business, which evaporates. And, and it creates tension amongst the family, right? It creates tensions of, oh. or with the siblings. It creates tension. It creates tension with the parents and the kids because like, hey, we gave you this. We entrusted you to this and you ruined it. And it's hard. I always tell everybody, I don't have, I have three sons. None of them are junior or Daniel Jr. Because <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's hard to think that somebody could do what you've done or passionate about what you've done. Well, that and I've met your kids and they're all smarter than and me. more talented than At you. 100%. <laughs> I've and, done my job. And better looking. 100%. By far. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> thankfully yes they take after their mothers thankfully <laughs> well we appreciate you being a part of our program if somebody wants to find you and could use your support and your authentic support which we appreciate the authenticity today how can they get a hold of you linkedin tom healy tom healy h-e-a-l-y i'm on linkedin all the time posting content shoot me a message if I could be a resource in any way, but would love to connect with you on there and it's best place to find me. Great. And we'll throw it in the show notes. Tom, thanks for being a part of the program. Thanks for your contribution today. I appreciate it. I think it's very valuable and uh, we look forward to seeing you again soon. Cheers. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.